Hello and welcome to season five of Tribal Council, a show in which two brothers who have never seen Survivor before start from the very beginning. I'm Patrick. And I'm Chris. And this week we are discussing all of Survivor Thailand season five. This season introduced some new mechanics, such as the two eldest members getting to pick their tribes, an early merging of camps, but not tribes, and what it's like to watch a season full of so many unlikable people. We finally saw Brian crowned a uh, lone survivor. And um unfortunate. I mean, of the final two, I'd rather him than uh Clay. Clay. But uh yeah. Yeah, that's true. They are both the worst. Oh, I think there's worse people than them, but yeah, they're bad. Worse people on this season? Yeah. Uh yeah, I mean, yeah, okay. I disliked Ted basically more than anybody. I disliked Rob a whole lot and then Brian and Clay after that for sure. Or Clay and then Brian, I guess. I disliked Ted for obvious reasons that we will discuss. I uh Rob won me over in the end. Rob, I think, was immature, but not the like he choked a guy. <laughs> yeah, but that guy was Clay, so I'm okay with it. Oh. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm not okay with it. But uh I, I I disliked Brian and Clay way more than I disliked Rob. Maybe it's because I had to watch them for so much longer. Yeah, that could be. Um, all right, so this season will be a weirder one to discuss just because we're discussing the entire season as a whole. We also, as we've discussed in previous episodes, we researched the episode or the season before we watched it. So we knew the entire time who the winner was going to be. So that way we could like kind of pay attention to how we knew it was going to shake out so like we knew exactly who was going to be voted off in every episode and stuff like that um which i think was kind of interesting like an interesting way to watch it um i don't know it was it was a weird lens to put over it because i don't know like knowing all of the info i knew when i was watching episodes i was like man i'm glad we're not doing this episode by episode because i don't know if i would have had that much to talk about in this episode but if i took that lens off that probably wouldn't have been the case like we still would have had stuff to talk about every episode yeah there were times when i was like i'm glad that we're watching this in like the span of a week or two because i don't want to spend more time with these people um we talked a little bit before recording that there were aspects of this season that we actually enjoyed and like there were different mechanics and stuff and different challenges that were cool but a lot of the people particularly the people that made it to the end were very unlikable which is what we knew going in like one of the reasons why this why we're doing it like this is because we knew that people did not like the season as much and jeff probst had said that it was the most unlikable final four that they'd ever had um which i don't actually know if i agree with that i didn't despise helen and i didn't despise jan i just think she was bad at the game yeah but she seemed kind of uh yeah she was bad at the game i was gonna say clueless that might be mean but she seemed pretty clueless to the aspects of the game or like thinking about the game i think helen would say that she was clueless um so let's start at the beginning kind of like the first main mechanic they changed the season was um as is kind of a thai tradition they honored the elders which is i think that might be a similar aspect i know in other i mean obviously lots of cultures honor the elders um one of the this is very unrelated other than it deals with like age is um in korean culture the 
elders are honored in such a way that the youth, like if you're if you're out to dinner with at a Korean meal, the youngest person at the table has to like serve everybody else, which is fun. So like oh, we there's cool. a regular place that we try to go to whenever we can. And when we order like alcohol and stuff, if your drinks out, you have to make you make the young person pour you, which is fun. Cause it's not oh, usually me. Yeah, that is fun. Uh, so anyways, this season, the two eldest members, which are Jake and Jan, got to pick their tribes, uh, pick pick the teammates so quick, of their Chris, tribes. I don't know if you have this in front of you, but which of them do you think is older of between the two? Jake? I don't have. Is that because I'm asking the question? No, he seemed. I definitely would have thought Jan was older. Yeah, I just think her lifestyle has aged her a bit, maybe. I don't know. Oh, yeah, that's true. By that like drinking a lot means that she talked about drinking and smoking a lot um yeah jake is seven years older than her jake is 60 and she's 53 (laughs) she definitely looks older than 53 she's only six years older than helen which i was shocked by yeah she definitely looks older than 53 jake's 60 i think is pretty that seems about right so they get to pick their tribes they do do a forced do do uh a forced uh gender split so like they have to pick like uh boy girl boy girl boy girl uh which i was i would be curious how it would go if they didn't do that but i mean uh we shall see in maybe future um but um i i almost went back to watch the beginning of the first episode when i got to the end because i remember jan at the beginning like basically like barely spoke she was like so nervous like in picking her team and that is not how she ended up being like at all during yeah um yeah jan did not like having this responsibility i don't think jake liked it either but jake was more comfortable with it at first uh and they had very different strategies on how they were picking jan kind of just picked off of like vibes that she felt like she would get along with apparently and jake tried to pick like the stronger people um he says something about how he looked for the gleam in their eye of like wanting to win which ends up kind of being his downfall because they ended up being very comp- like so competitive that they fought amongst themselves. Um, but it is interesting to see how uh, like the order that they got picked. Like Brian and Clay are pretty late picked on everything. Jan chose Ted as the first pick, which was surprising to looking back. Um, yeah. And also Jake chose Stephanie first pick who got kicked out pretty early on. So that's also surprising. Jake was actually one of my maybe favorites from the season. I actually liked him a lot. I like Jake a lot. Yeah. Um, he just seemed like a, he was one who like, he still played the game, but he was also kind of like, a, he was a very kind of like just easygoing person. Like he didn't let stuff get to him. And I don't know. I liked him. It also, when we get to see stuff with loved ones, like that reaction always like uh, hugely influences how I view characters. And he like very clearly like adores his wife and missed her a lot as opposed to like, Brian, who felt very awkward seeing his wife and like did not did not want others to like see that he had a personal life and was like be trying to be protective and not let other people see that he had a close personal relationship. Yeah, I guess I didn't view. I mean, he did act awkward during that. I didn't view it as he didn't want people to. I viewed it more as he wanted to only let people see what he wanted them to be see as see as a like game player. Like he was very, he was being very strategic. He was a very like methodical player lots of times during the season. And I think that was strategy. Like he didn't want them to see his new cars he had and stuff like that. Yeah, that's true. Um, 
I don't know, even when we got to see like her in person, I just felt like he was, his reaction to her was very different than like Jake's. And I don't know, maybe that has to do with their relationship also, because from looking at some of their Wikipedia pages, I noticed that he and his wife end up getting divorced like shortly after the show, which maybe has to do with suddenly getting a million dollars. Well, there's also um, like the history too, just like Jake is 60 years old and he's probably been with his wife for, I don't know, 30 some years or something. Yeah. And Brian had maybe been with his wife for like five years or something at that point. Yeah. Brian's you're probably right. Brian is older than I thought he was. Brian's 34. Well, so the age is because they were, I knew that they worked in some movies together and I assume that's how they met each other. Oh, okay. Interesting. And I'll, I'll go ahead and say now I was debating whether to share this, this episode or next week when we have guests, but um, so Brian was in several different things on IMDb. I looked up all of the contestants in on the IMDb. And so I have a few different things to share. Um, so Brian was in like several different shows. Like he was on days of our lives and some episodes of like Melrose place and stuff like that. He was all, this was all pre survivor. Yes. Um, during that time, pre-survivor, he was also in several softcore porn movies, <laughs> oh. uh, some of which are named <laughs> Dream On, The Pleasure Zone, Sinful Obsession, Passions Obsession, Kama Sutra, Virgin, Virgins of Sherwood Forest, where he played Robin Hood, um, The Regina Pierce Affair, Passion Cove. Oh, a lot yeah. of these. Oh, yes, a lot. Two of those, Passions Obsession and The Regina Peace, Pierce Affair, uh, he was also in with his wife, Cece. She was in those as well, which is how I assume gotcha. that's how they met each other. He also went through dev several different stage names during this time. So like his name is Brian Heidick, or at least that's what like we know him as. He also was... Heidick is maybe a good softcore porn name. Well, I think that's what he switched to after the softcore porn. His softcore porn name was Dave Roth. Uh, he was also credited as Chris Hayden and Brian Linton. And then some stuff is Brian Heidick. So he had several different names he's been credited as during his time. Um, yeah. So that was one thing. And this is definitely stereotypical. But like once I learned that info and then I saw him on screen, what he looked like, I was like, oh, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> like <laughs> I can see that. Um, uh, a couple other IMDb credits for other people are that. Later, after the season, Sheehan was on Family Feud with other Survivor people, um, including oh, okay. Ethan from season two or season three, uh, Rudy, Richard, Jenna, and Susan from season one. Oh, that's like really season one. Yeah. Heavy. Um, there was other Survivor people, but I didn't recognize the name. So they must be from like after season five. Uh, Rob was in a movie that just came out like the IMDb date is like 2019, but I think it just got added to like some streaming services recently called the mercenary, which I did not watch. Um, Gandia was a plaintiff on an episode of judge Judy. And so I have oh. a mini trivia question for you that I don't know the answer to. Um, the episode title is just like three separate, like joke cases. titles of the cases, but I don't know which one she was on. Uh, so which one do you think? So there's three. Do you think Gandia was in one that was called You Meet in a Supermarket? <laughs> or Flim Flam Car Sham? Or Mom Bails on Bail? And I can give you more stuff. So uh, one of them is about a chance meeting turns into lawyer's fees. 
That's probably the you meet in a supermarket one. One is, uh-huh. oh wait, a, a chance meeting turns into lawyer's fees, harassment, and jail time. That's the supermarket one. The flim flam car sham is the judge tries to get to the bottom of a woman's shaky lawsuit against her son's fiance. And that, which I probably is not her because I don't think she has a son old enough to have a fiance or any son. Did she have a son? She doesn't mention having uh, a son. And then a newly married homeowner finds himself stuck with his mother's bail bond. Um, so I guess so it's got to be the first one, one based on the descriptions into lawyers fees harassment and jail time. Yeah. Well, I don't know when the Judge Judy episode was. That's true. I it's don't possible re- that she like gets divorced and then yeah, remarried. I take note of the year. It was a while ago because I was going to try to look up like if there's a way I could watch it. I decided that wasn't my time. I'm going to go with the first one too because she, so she, her, her job was as a legal secretary. And so if it's like harassment based off of not paying lawyer fees or something uh, yeah, like maybe. that, I could see that. Uh, lawyer fees not being up based off of that case, but a different yeah, case. So that was my IMDb deep dive into this season. Um, those were like the major things that came up for some of our contestants. Huh, that's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, other notable contestants that we had this time around. Um, sh- where did the name go? I I forgot. Uh, Ken. Ken, uh, who I also ended up liking quite a bit eventually, um, was an officer on the NYPD. Um, so when he gets introduced in the very beginning of the game, everybody else gave him a round of applause because again, this was less than a year after nine 11. Um, I think it was filmed the summer after nine 11. Uh, uh, or I think it was filmed like, Oh yeah, no, I think you're right. Yes. Yes. Yep. Summer after nine 11. Yep. Um, we had John who was a pastor, although that never came in. Yeah. Play. He was the first one eliminated. So we didn't really learn a whole lot about him. Yeah. So they select their tribes. Their tribes are Sukjai and Chewigon. Um, and yeah, Sukjai is a much like younger, more athletic tribe overall. And Chuigon is an older tribe overall. They also have um, advantages, disadvantages in that Chuigon's camp comes with built in lodging because it's got this huge, like cave overhang that they can sleep under, which is a huge advantage. But the disadvantage is they have to like boat or swim like a mile to get water, which is not fun. And then Sukjai has the opposite. They have no shelter, but their water is really close. Which at first, when this was described, I was like, oh, I'd clearly rather have the water close and just like have to make a shelter once and be okay with it. Oh, I had the opposite thought. Well, I didn't realize that they were going to have like, it was a canoe trip to go get water. Mm -hmm. I thought it was going to be like, a couple mile hike every time to go get water. Yeah. yeah. And the canoe trip is made much harder later on when they lose their boat. And so it becomes a swimming yes. trip. It's like, <laughs> how do you fuck up this bad? But they managed. Yeah. To. They, yeah. Chewy guy or Chewy gone. Sorry. Uh, Chewy guy. Well, because they become Chewy Jai yeah, eventually. Imagine like Chewy that. guy, like a guy who is Chewy, <laughs> like a Sour Patch Kid <laughs> or like a human. Person. Um, hey, I'll ask this because you just uh, mentioned it. So they become Chewy Jai. The alternative would have been Sook gone. Do uh-huh. you think Chewy got Chewy Jai was the right call? Yes. Okay. I also thought about this. Sook gone, the K G the K G together, I feel like is annoying. More annoying than saying Sui, Chewy Jai. I think Chewy Jai is a bad name. I think they should have done something entirely on their own anyway. But yeah. Particularly because Chewy Jai and or damn it. Chewy gone and Sook Jai both like mean things in Thai. And I don't think yeah. that they ever considered what chewy jai would mean um we see i don't really remember where we were headed before but we do see some fun 
new item uh, luxury items this season. I don't know when they're going to stop allowing the luxury items, but this season they had some wild ones. We saw Rob bring a skateboard for, I don't know, that's got to be the dumbest one ever so far. Yeah. Uh, did he not we know that they were going it. on a beach? Like skateboards don't work on sand. Yeah. Uh, Is it possible that he see... thought they weren't going on a beach? I, uh, my guess is the he thought was probably not accurate. Yeah. Okay. Fair. Um, a golf club, a golf club. That one I have in my note in all caps Island living with this golf club. They were creating like holes and a course uh-huh. and stuff. They teach uh, that, at one point they get a reward, which I think is a very cool reward where they have a couple of red berets come and stay on their camp for a week or not for a week for uh, a night yeah. to like, uh, give them, them tips stuff. on survival and like teach them how to make good food out of what they have. And they teach the red berets how to play golf, which I thought was pretty fun. That let's talk about that right now since you just mentioned it. That was like the coolest new reward for sure. Like yes. that was uh-huh. awesome. And they like taught them all sorts of stuff, like what stuff was edible, how to properly like cut or cook items, and just like all sorts of different things, which was hugely helpful helpful because they were pretty clueless. Um, I don't know that I saw that much of them like well, no, I was gonna I take that back. I was gonna say I didn't see that much of them using their cooking skills later, but there were like later in the season, like we see them with like soups and stuff. So they still carried on some of those ideas. Yeah, and they mentioned in the end, like in the finale, I think, about like how they couldn't have survived without that delicious soup that they made all the time. Yeah. Yeah. So that was huge. Like I hope we kind of see some stuff like that in the future, unless they decide it's like too lopsided, like it gives too much an advantage to like one tribe or something. But that was very cool. Yeah, it was I also it was cool, cool because they were they were not uh, English speakers really, and so it was there was all just like them trying to teach them stuff, and the crew or the whatever contestants trying to like I don't know interpret as best as they can what they were trying to teach them. Yeah, I agree. That was very cool. It was I think the third uh, third episode that that comes. One of the other luxury items was a guitar brought by our winner, Brian. Um, This is maybe better than drums, but also a very like bro-y thing to just like, let me pull out my guitar and play you all Wonderwall. Here we go. Yeah. I I mean, you hated ukulele. Uh So I feel like you have to hate guitar also. Yeah. I don't like it. It's better than drums. I don't like it. I don't know of other... Oh, uh, Ted brought a shaving kit so that he could shave his head still. Oh, yeah, I did see like they talked about him shaving. I missed the part about it. I didn't know that he brought the shaving kit. I didn't know if that razor was just like included like that or what. It was mentioned in the closer look episode that that was his. I only like him. I mean, I watched it, but I did not focus on it. Fair. Yeah. Um, Another fun early early in the season thing is that someone mentions being a Red Sox fan and knowing a losing streak and how to handle a losing streak, which I thought was fun because this was like two years before the Red Sox broke their huge losing streak that they'd had for a long time. Oh, yeah, that is fun. I didn't catch that. In that same episode, a note under this, unrelated, was a tattoo watch. Brian has a tiger tattoo on his upper right arm, which is fun. Yeah. So this... Structuring so this is weird. Episodes, yeah, yeah. The first couple episodes, uh, Chewy Gone loses the immunity challenge. They lose three of home. the first four. Yeah. Um, and send home John and Tanya, who I always want to say Tanya, but it's pronounced Tanya. Um, who can we talk very quickly about Tanya? Because we will never mention her again. Um, in the reunion, which Jeff hosts this time, which is fun. Uh, he presses her to talk about her father dying while she was in Thailand, which is 
awful. She like, I think is very clearly does not want to talk about it. And uh, Jeff like I, keeps pressing her. I kind of took it the opposite. I really liked what she had to say. Like, I thought it was really cool. She shared that because she was on, like her father died while she was on the show, but because she was on the show, her mom and dad who were not together spoke because they had like a going away party for her kind of. And her, it was the first her sister had never spoken to her dad since their parents. So it was her sister and her dad. Talked. Okay. I assume the parents probably hadn't either, but okay. Yeah, I mean, so that's true, but I don't think that she cared about reuniting her parents. I think she, uh, about but yeah, so she had a going away party, which uh, let them talk and see each other for the first time in years and years. So, oh, that was her. Yeah. I mean, that's true. I think that that story is very cool. And I think that's why Jeff pushed for it. I just think that she seemed uncomfortable sharing that on national television and they shouldn't have pushed her to share it if she didn't want to. Um, also, I cannot imagine being like, okay, I'm going to go to Thailand for a month and one of our parents dying while I am away on a trip for a month. Could you imagine being Ted and your wife still being in the hospital from having your baby and you hop yeah. on a flight and go to... No, absolutely not. I I mentioned in season one that I didn't think that because Jervis's son is born and I was like, I could not jump on a plane while my wife was eight months pregnant. And uh, yeah, Ted hops on a plane two days after his daughter is born. Yeah. Um, wild. Uh, episode three... Um, is when Sukjai really begins to fall apart. They lose a reward challenge, which is when Chewie Gan gets the uh, Red Berets to come. Um, and Sukjai then also loses uh, the um, immunity challenge. They may have thrown it at this point because they think that they're like really doing well and they're getting really annoyed with Jed and Stephanie. Um, yeah, they reveal at the reunion that they did throw it. Yes. Um, I thought... Yeah, yeah, you're right. I was thinking that was one of the one for Stephanie, but this is Jed. Yeah. Um, and so Jed is kicked out in that episode. That is also the episode with the Gandia Ted thing. Yeah, this is the definitely the most controversial thing from the season. Um, and the show and people on the show do not handle this well. So we're Patrick and I are gonna talk about it, and we are obviously not experts on this topic in any fashion and don't know the full story other than what the show has told us. Um but essentially what they showed us on the show was that Ted and Gandia had become pretty close. They slept close to each other. And in, while they were sleeping one night, Ted was grinding on Gandia. And um, she says he was like biting or like nibbling at her and definitely being very inappropriate. And it was unwanted. All of this was unwanted. She approaches him about this. He apologizes. At the time, she accepts his apology. She in, thinks in that, as he apologizes, she begins crying. And he's like, I didn't realize this is such a big deal. And she discloses trauma of being raped in the past. Right. And and like being gaslit about rape in the past. Mm -hmm. And so she is like, that is why this is so particularly traumatizing. Right. Um, I feel like it's relevant detail. Oh, yeah, it definitely is. And then so she like thanks him for apologizing. They hug. Later in the episode, she it shows that she has been thinking about this some more. She it's not sitting well with her how like it all was handled. So she tells some more people about it, and word spreads throughout their camp. And the contestants handle some of the contestants handle this very poorly. There's a very big like she it shows, does by her own admission leave out when telling people what happened that they talked about it and that he had apologized. Right. Uh, 
not that it, that makes everything okay obviously but oh it definitely yeah it definitely doesn't it shows so in the scene with the guys it shows ted talking to like brian about it and one of the things that made me dislike brian already in episode three was like ted says this and brian's like first question is like yeah but like nothing happened right and i'm like what kind of bullshit is that that you just like that's your first question is that you just assume nothing happened and that ted was all fine um yeah totally agree the women of camp uh especially helen are much more receptive to Gand- gandia there's like a definitely a gender split here um namely helen, helen because she has she... been a like a rape phone uh technician i don't know what the name is um and so she's like worked with stories like this before she completely trusts gandia um and this all gets brought up in together and so they hatch this out in front of everybody again in which ted basically denies that he said nothing happened but then also denies he like backpedals on like what happened says that he wasn't trying to get with gandia he didn't find her attractive and it basically 150 to 200 percent happy with the life that he has (laughs) that is the most (laughs) insane quote like it's I have like a, my favorite quote. It's oh, fuck, it's so fucking wild. Wild. So like I have my uh, okay, this is like a whole different tangent just because of that quote. I have a I had this problem when American Idol used to air because uh uh what was one of the Randy original, Jackson. Randy Jackson used to always say like 1000% yes and I as a math person was like no, you can't be like more than 100% yes. Like that always bothered me. The fact that Ted gives this, like, so if you're going to go above 100%, like, there's nothing stopping you. And the fact that he gives this range is like, <laughs> he's like, I'm 150 to 200% happy with the wife I have. Like, why somewhere not a thousand? In there. Like, somewhere. Why, why that exaggerated range? Why not a thousand? Why not, like, I'm a million percent happy with my, like, that's such a weird uh, I hate this guy. I My feel note like he is, was I wrote going to say 150% and then was like, no, 200%. <laughs> but like, <laughs> that was it didn't come out of his mouth the way that he wanted it to. So bonkers. But any this him saying that was all in this, like all of their tribe together. And it was basically this huge thing of just like the entire tribe, like gaslighting Gandhi, basically. So like that's I what think- happened throughout the season. It was. I've thought about this a lot because it comes up throughout the series many times. Um, or throughout the season. And I'm just now realizing that I think what might be happening here is that like Brian and Ted, when they're saying that nothing happened, are saying that like they didn't have sex or that he didn't rape her. Right. But he did. Because rape doesn't have to be like penetration. Yeah. I, yes. I mean, I, I fr- feel like I might not use, I might say like sexual harassment, I guess. I don't know exactly what the grinding was, I guess. But uh, there's definitely something wrong that happened. It just wasn't as bad as it could have been, which I, when I was originally watching it and they were saying that nothing happened, I thought he was denying that literally anything had happened. And I'm now realizing that their argument was, I mean, there was no penetration basically. Um, Oh yeah. Yeah. And that, and so they're like downplaying it because it wasn't that big of a deal is basically what they're saying, which is obviously really shitty. Um, But I, I was confused how they were just like, no, you you know that this happened. You had a conversation with Gandhi about it. How are you saying that uh, nothing happened? No, they are just saying that he doesn't think it was as big of a deal as it was. He doesn't yes. think it was sexual assault, even though it was. It was. It was definitely sexual assault. And the sh- um, so, like, the for the pe- record, Ted claims that he was like half awake and thought that Gandhi was his wife for a second, which is bullshit 
because like that's a lot of things to happen with you being like totally unaware and half awake and doesn't make any sense um they mentioned in the reunion that he like had tried to describe it to his wife before watching the episode and uh that it was like very hard to watch this episode with and same with Gandia and her. The reunion was just made me mad all over again. The show did a really bad job of portraying this, especially in the reunion, because Jeff makes light of it too. And Gandia has become like so gaslit by this whole thing of like, maybe it wasn't as bad as she thought it was or something. Cause she ends up in the reunion, like apologizing for it all. And it's yeah. all very bad. One of our guests next week is bringing um, like an article or interview that was recently made by Gandia relating to this event. So we'll talk about it more next week as well. Um, but we certainly didn't want to like just skip past it completely as one, because it was a pretty huge storyline early on. Um, I guess we should say like the last part, which actually doesn't happen this episode, but happens in the n- next episode is that they end up voting Gandia off, which isn't that much of a surprise to me because I would imagine many of those guys are just like view her as, I mean, they actually view her as being like, a drama queen because that's how uh clay votes for her he calls her a denver diva but the thing that surprised me in that one was that helen voted her off too and i that one i did not get which i think helen was just like trying to fit in and not stand out maybe yes helen just felt like she was going to get attacked if she stood up for gondia at this point which she's probably right on that helen was bad at playing the game because she kind of just like there were i think multiple times throughout the season when Helen went along with what like Brian basically was suggesting to happen and never there were times when she could have like reacted or done something to change Brian's plan or like take control of what was happening and she never did like she and Gandia and Jan probably could have voted for Clay or Ted or Brian and they didn't I think Well, so before I talk more about this, I do want to say that like we will talk about the, I already said this, but we'll talk about the Ted and Gandhi thing a little bit more in our next week's episode. Um, But if you have thoughts on it or anything, feel free to share it with us. We'll address them. If you think we handled anything poorly, feel free to let us know and we will address that in a future episode. Um, I think Helen was, I think, I think you're right somewhat. I think she suffered having Jan as her, fellow like female cast member because it was there was definitely like a gender split here where i think many of the guys on her tribe were uh fairly sexist and since jan was so bad at like playing the game and we saw this like definitely when i got down to like the final five and six um jan like was real bad at this if helen had somebody that was more knowledgeable about like how to play i think those moves would have happened earlier for sure yeah i agree with that um uh yeah related to helen i have a great quote from her which i'm gonna i i think i just didn't pay as close attention like the second half of the season or like write down as many notable quotes but uh i have a few quotes for our a quote of the week segment um i think i pulled together i mean no quote is going to be better than i'm 150 to 200 percent happy with the wife that i have you're probably right some contenders i have for you one that is not a funny one but actually like a Nice one from Ted also, but that guy sucks. So I hate to attribute this to him. Um, One of the first things he said in episode one was we're no longer a team. We're a family when they got to their beach for the first time, which I thought was nice. Um, They bring that back when they like uh, bring the two camps together on the Chuigon caves. Um, 
there's a very this one doesn't really count towards the quote of the week but i noted it anyways there's a very early 2000s or like late 90s quote of john saying give me some skin oh terms, yeah uh-huh. which i was like nobody says that anymore um she it also ha- feels very youth pastory to me yes because he is a pastor uh she had a great one because her name is she uh where she said you do not mess with the she devil and not get the horns that was a very oh, good quote i I like knew that quote. I did not catch that it was a pun on her name. Oh yeah. That's how it was credited in the captions too. So that one was great. Helen had a good one in episode two where she said, if I had a pistol in my pocket, I would have pulled it out and shot her first and shot me second. That's why I don't carry a gun. (laughs) Yeah. Helen and Jan go to go get water on that like mile long canoe trip and get lost because they just don't bring the map for some reason. And they get lost. Like there are multiple times in this season where I legitimately thought that someone might die. Yeah. They, they get lost a bunch of times. And every time they go to shore, Jan just chills at the boat and sends Helen into the woods to see if she can find the water source. Uh, that's why Helen says, if I had a pistol in my pocket, I would have pulled it out and shot her first shot me second. That's why I don't carry a gun. After uh, they hold on. Hold so, on. I got more. Okay. Quotes. Okay. Uh, in episode with the Ted and Gandia conflict, Gandia says, I wanted to punch his ass in the eye. <laughs> that one's pretty good. Uh, and then I have a couple that are from Brian that I just thought were actually like, well, one from Brian that's very mean about Jan is he says, granny, how much use is she? Which is very mean. Uh, she's also not pretty that much accurate. older than him. Um, and then later a way to avoid a lie he says i haven't lied i've changed my mind a few times yeah was a I way to avoid too. saying like oh no i definitely didn't lie to anybody i just like at the time when i said it i wasn't gonna vote for him and then i immediately changed my mind and i was gonna vote for him uh-huh. uh, but i think you're right the i'm 150 to 200 percent happy with the wife i have as much as i hate ted and i hate that quote it's just so buck wild like it has to win yeah it's helen's uh so good jeff even brings it up in the reunion yeah helen's pistol in her pocket one is a close second just because it very much reminds me of the like michael scott one of like if he had if there's like hitler and toby in a room he'd shoot toby twice or something like that yeah uh uh-huh those are both in the same episode i'm pretty sure i think they're both in episode three nope uh the pistol one is episode oh okay the 150 to 200 percent happy with the wife i have uh and then it was all downhill from there yeah we should uh we're like i don't know 45 minutes in or something and we've maybe cracked episode three we should pick up the pace a little. yeah so uh no we did four didn't we yeah because gondia gets kicked out in yeah. episode four. Oh, this um, is i said that but i'm gonna include a very minor detail here that gondia refers to clay and ted as freaking frack and we heard those nicknames yes. last season yeah, that was uh, Rob and Sarah last season, which yeah. is that an early 2000s thing? Yes, I Maybe. don't think I so. Don't I think it's like an 80s, I'm to say. It's like cartoon characters from the, oh wait, Frickin' Frack were, oh, there were, <laughs> it was like a comedy ice skater group of people. Oh. Of these two people, guys who were born in 1915. So this is like. Very old. Very old. I feel like it would be similar to like uh, uh, the fucking tiger magicians yes roy and siegfried and roy siegfried and roy yeah yes except like 50 years before that right yeah um the tiger magician uh so episode five uh jeff brings everybody together um during the reward challenge and offers them the opportunity to mutiny and swap tribes which is fun 
Uh, no one takes him up on it, so that's disappointing. But uh, yeah, do you think if Shan had switched tribes, she would have stayed around a lot longer? I feel very that, I, about that. that was not my question, but I agree. Do you think if this was offered in previous seasons, we would have seen some people swap? Like we kind of saw this wasn't exactly what happened in season three because they didn't know that a tribe swap was happening. But like, I think the same people that got swapped, not the same people, because uh, what's Silas. his name? Silas would not have chosen to switch, but the other ones would have. Yeah, Frank and Teresa totally would have. But I don't think anyone would have left from Baron. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right there. Um, yeah, and I don't think, yeah, I think that was the main one. Because season one and two, I don't know that people were like that particularly. In season four, I think Gina would have left. Because this would have been around the time, like right after Hunter was gone. And I yeah, think Gina oh, would have yeah, what? Yes, yeah, I agree with that. I wish, I hope they give that offer up in future seasons because I want to see like how they handle it. Yeah, I would love for that to happen. Actually, um, I feel like so Jeff does this thing where he gives them sixty seconds to think about it, and then they have to say yes, they're going or no, they aren't. Um, and I kind of wonder if they were given like a day to think about it and like talk to people how that would change things. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think we might have seen more if that was the case. We also see there a uh, uh, the first food auction that is for a team. Um, I so they, love the food auctions. I also love the food auctions. Uh, I didn't like it being a team. I liked I liked the individual food auctions better, but uh, just because I feel like it was more awkward for them to like make these decisions as a team. But whatever, it's fine. We do get to see a little bit more politics happen in the at least we did in season three when it's individual because we saw like people pair up and share money and stuff yeah and i like that um but i didn't like it being strictly a team uh, also uh, in that episode we uh mentioned this earlier but that is when the Suk, no not sukjai chewy guns uh canoe floated away oh which yeah uh-huh. ted says uh is maybe due to mysterious island reasons as if it's like some sort of plot twist on lost or something that a canoe floated away and not because they tied it up didn't tie it up well enough yeah it, well it was i think specifically ted making that poor choice yeah. uh that also is the episode where ted and brian decide that they have a strong alliance together and are going to take each other to the end uh which you know doesn't happen in the end but uh, it is the first that we start to see of brian's strategy which is make a lot of promises to a lot of people and then break them. Um, in that episode, Stephanie goes home from Sukjai. And so it ends up being five to six at this point. And then in episode six, um, we well, see... Well, I will say, before episode six... I'm trying to is, keep us going, Chris. It is wild that places 12th through 6th are all from the same tribe. So 12th, 11th, 10th, 9th, 8th, 7th, 6th oh, place yeah. are all Sukjai. Chuigan sends three of the first four people home and then... So they send Gandhi home in 13th place. And the next person they send home is fifth place with Ted. That's yeah. like wild, a huge swing. Yes, it is. Um, it was like shocking to watch a little bit just because you think that Sukjai is winning and then they don't. Yeah, that's um, one that would have like shocked us. That would have been interesting to see real time. Um, yeah. But I mean, it's fine. Um, the one thing that I was going to mention for episode six was that... Uh, Brian and Ted and Clay want to go find their lost canoe. And so they swim over to this like neighboring island that they can see, um, which was terrifying. I was certain that something awful I was, was going wondering to happen. About they that. talk about how like Clay and Ted are not good swimmers. Yeah. And they like 
are swimming way too far to go over to this other island and not find a boat. I was wondering about that watching several different things this season about you in particular watching some of their swimming stuff they're doing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I was not like particularly traumatized by it, but I was just like, this is the dumbest decision ever. Why are you doing this? What are you doing? A couple notable things I have from episode six was the catapult balls in the baskets game. Fantastic. I love yeah, it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and it, the, I also wrote down catapult. It wasn't a catapult. It's like a slingshot. Yeah. But I think they called it a catapult. Yeah, probably. Um, that one was cool just because the teams could interact with each other. Like We don't see that a lot in the challenges. It's like this team goes, competes over here. This team goes, competes over here. Whoever's fastest. And this one was like a football game kind of where they could like push each other around, which they included lots of like interacting physical stuff this season, which some of it was better than others. But um, I thought that game was Oh, yeah. We cool. skipped the point where Rob choked Clay. Um because that challenge was also very fun, but was like rough <laughs> to watch. Yeah. And that was the one where uh, Jeff Probst was real pissed off watching it. Because he was like, none of you are following the rules. You have to yes. be in this area. And every time they messed it up, he's like, come on, guy. Like he was clearly pissed off about that. That so one would... was like Sukjai should have won that challenge. I think it was an immunity challenge too. Sukjai should have won. And they just like kept not following the rules and kept getting penalized. And Chewie Gone ended up not losing essentially they win but like it's because Suk Jai lost not because they won um another thing i noted in episode six but it keeps coming back in other episodes is the producers must have realized that not giving any food in season four was a big mistake because they give tons of four food this season and it's like such a huge like morale booster and it's more fun to watch people who have boosted morales and like i assume food's going to be a big thing like from here on out because i think it was a lot more fun to watch that way yeah uh, that re the reward challenge with the catapult and catching the balls was uh, bananas, mm -hmm. as well as some some served food with pineapple and rice and prawns and fruit and stuff like that. Um, and when you yeah. were in, this is not going to speed us up in any way. When you were in elementary school, did you? I think it was in elementary. Maybe it was like sixth That's grade. Not where I thought you were going with this. Did you sing a song about bananas that you learned in like music class? Like I like to eat, eat, no. eat. Uh, I'm trying um, to look up the man. What was I want to? I thought it was Mani. That's not coming up. Ooh, hmm. Maybe maybe it is coming. No. <laughs> <laughs> it was a song that was like from. I feel like you're going to end up cutting some of this, like you searching for something. But I feel like <laughs> you need to keep that quote because that was very good. Um, oh. I'll have to see if I can find it. It was some song that was some of the words in the song were from a different language for like whatever. Uh, nationality this is coming from but to my knowledge it was like money which means banana i guess and then it goes like money we eat a lot money and it was about like getting bananas from like the banana man no idea what you're talking about i have to see if i can find it and maybe see if sean can back me up on this oh yeah i'm sorry no, i've i have that. no idea um, we do have another quote in this episode of Ted not understanding percentages where he says after they lose the reward challenge, you don't know how much I hate losing, especially when you're giving a hundred and a million percent. So he does have a category for going to a million percent. He gave more effort in there than he loves his wife. Uh-huh. Like way more. Yeah. Uh, in that episode, Ted and Brian talk about how they have to keep their alliance secret from everybody else, um, which I think is a way that Brian is able to have all of these different alliances with different people, but not, they don't know about each other. 
Chewygon ends up just being this like web of people with alliances with each other and no one knowing where anyone's loyalties actually lie. Uh, we also see Jan find a dead baby bat and want to have a funeral, um, which just like tells you a lot about Jan, you know? She cries um, for this dead baby bat she finds. She does it again later in the season with after they kill a chicken, maybe? Yeah, uh-huh. It's the chicken. So the next episode is when wait, we see... wait. Sorry, we have to talk about the immunity challenge in episode six. Okay. It's where they start with 21 flags and you can take uh, one, two or three flags and you yes. want to take the last flag. Yes. And I was like, I am certain that I have discussed this game with Chris before and that he knows the exact strategy for it. And so I sat down for a while and I was like, I feel like I can figure out this strategy and I know it. So that's exciting. I was very well, proud of myself. Talk yeah. to me about it. I don't know it for this. I know it for similar games. So this is like a variation on the game Nim. And I know strategy for that game, but that works differently than this game. So you want your opponent to have four flags in the end. So that if they take one, two, or three flags, it doesn't matter. You can take right. the rest of them. And, and so it just goes with like multiples of four after that? Yeah. So you always want your opponent to have four right. or eight or 12 or whatever. So Sukjai wins the like coin flip or whatever. And should have just taken one flag to force Chewy Gone to have four or mm -hmm. to have a multiple of four and 20. Right. They could have won from the very beginning and none of them, they end up figuring out the strategy like way too late and Chewy Gone ends up. Yeah. And Rob leaves. Uh, which I think we're going to see more games like this in the future because in the reunion, Jeff gave a, what he called like a cryptic hint to next season, which was to tell the people to read a book by John Nash. John Nash is huge in game theory and, um, talking about like games like this and uh what are called like games with like an equilibrium where like they are fair games or not whether it's like always better for the first person to play or second person to play and stuff like that so i think we're going to start seeing more games like that yeah i uh was planning on getting that book and trying to read it but yeah uh, john nash is uh he had some problems later in life but he is featured in well not him but like somebody playing him in the movie a beautiful mind that's john nash russell Crowe oh. john nash okay uh, so episode seven, they merge camps. They all come together and Jeff does this very cute thing where he's like, we're going to do something very unusual now. Two tribes are going to live together on one beach. And everybody's like, yeah, it's a merge. And he's like, wink. Uh, and then they, so they all assume that they have merged for like a day and a half before they go to the immunity challenge. And he's like, someone mentions like, yeah, it's been a good merge. And he's like, I never said you were merging. What are you talking about? I said, Two tribes would live together on one beach. Uh, you are still two different tribes, which really fucks over Xi'an, who like had made an alliance then with the Chewy Gun people and was basically going to leave like the tribe members that she had. Yeah, I think we would have saw through this if we did this episode by episode. I'm surprised the players didn't like because I mean we've watched every season so far, so four seasons. And like they very clearly give them stuff of like make a new flag, make a new tribe name, here's a new buff. And we would have noticed yeah. that. Like if we were going episode by episode, we would have been like, so this isn't like really emerged, they're still separate, right? I'm surprised. Yeah, I agree. That. I do I, think uh, like I liked this. I actually have a note that like I would like to see an entire season where both tribes lived in the same camp. But they so were separate I was tribes. About that, but it makes like food challenges and stuff a little bit harder. Or like them winning supplies and stuff a little bit harder kind of i mean they could still live like same beach i guess but they could have separate shelters or like 
if they win their food, like they have to make that strategic decision. Like, should I share this with the other tribe or should we keep this to ourselves? Or is that a way, like, is that an offering branch we can use to like start making alliances and stuff? Like, I think the early talk between people would be super interesting to get like these cross tribe alliances happening. Yeah. I was thinking that it would be cool for them to merge camps like two episodes before the merge. So like they did here, but right. Everything two episodes earlier. Cause I think that the way that this oh, happens, yeah, yeah. the merge actually doesn't happen for another two episodes, which means that Aaron, the first member of the jury was actually never in a tribe with the final two people. Yeah. Um, so the merge like, usually happens with 10 people left. And so then one person gets voted out and the rest of the people are jury in the final two. This season, it's with eight people left, technically. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I feel like I would like them to merge camps with 12 people left and then actually merge tribes. At yeah. Uh, I think that would be. Or do what you said and do it. They're all on the same beach the whole time so they can interact with each other and stuff. I think that would be. I thought that that, that was all very interesting. I thought that being a twist was a little annoying. Um but at the very least, if they don't go with like them doing what they did this season, because they might not based off of it seemed like people didn't like it. Um, I hope they at least stick with the earlier in that episode. They had a uh, thing where like they paired up with each other. So like one person from Sukja and one person from Chuigon paired up and had to go like talk to each other and like hang out and stuff that I hope they at least stick with something like that. So that way they can like start this early, like cross alliance thing happening. Cause that's been one of the biggest, my biggest issues so far with this. Yeah. And I thought that was done well too. Um, they like randomized. We also um, saw more uh, in that same episode at tribal council. We saw a lot more open discussion about like what the votes were going to be and making these for their case and stuff, which was good. This was like, even though this was one that we like binged all together for whatever reason, I felt like this was, the first season I've watched where it felt like survivor has hit their stride. Like it felt like a real show. Like they like, I don't know if the, I think it was some of the challenges were a lot more elaborate. Like it seemed like they had a bigger budget this season. And so it felt more substantial or something like that. Yeah. I would agree with that. Um, I'm, it made me very excited for season. Yes. Like hear that that is better and with more likable people. And I feel like they will have better production and better contestants. So I'm very stoked for that. Yeah. Uh, one of the, other interesting things with them living in the same camp, but being on separate tribes, which we saw a little bit in episode eight and maybe at the beginning of episode nine was when tribe people are returning from tribal council. There's like people at camp waiting up to find out like, ooh, who did you send home? Which is just like yeah. kind of cool. Yeah, because usually they don't get to find out until like they see them at the next challenge. Um, they yeah. had uh, in episode eight, they had a pathetic snorkel contest, which was like with these weird snorkels that like... It was a bamboo snorkel. Yeah. So, so it like didn't... leaked water into it. So you had to like blow water out before you could take a breath. And so many of these people lasted less than 30 seconds, which means they should have just gone underwater and held their breath and ignored the snorkel and they would have done better. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah. So it ended up being Jake and Brian, like the only ones that could last a little bit longer. And Brian ends up winning that challenge. Um, in that episode also is when I truly started despising Brian as a person. Um, he makes some comments in this episode of like, oh yeah, I've just been noticing around camp that, uh, when we all like lose society norms and everything, all the women are the ones that are doing all the cooking and cleaning, just something that I noticed. And I'm like, don't act like you're just like making an observation, go and fucking do the cooking and cleaning you dick. Mm -hmm. Like that's, they're doing it because you aren't doing it. Yeah. That was, was a common so... thing where like, uh, 
I don't think Brian took the heat for that from people, but Clay definitely did. They like there's people who were actively upset at Clay for like he would catch some fish or something, but then that was all he did. And people were like, "Why aren't you doing anything else?" I think Brian Brian must have put it like helped out enough to stay off the radar. Yeah, I think he didn't really do the cooking and cleaning, but he did he did like go and get water and he did more of like the looking yeah. for food. Um which I think that he viewed as like hunting and manly. Um, I was just like, no, like the women are doing the cooking and cleaning because you aren't doing it. I was, I was so angry. Um, so with that, like on yeah. the case of disliking Brian and for me, disliking so many other people who had made it that far in Chewy gone in the next episode in episode nine, I had a note that they were just like sitting around openly making fun of another tribe which seemed like a first and i absolutely didn't like it like oh yeah uh-huh we've seen before like strategizing against other tribes but this was just like sitting around and making fun of them which was just like it was not fun to watch and i don't blame people for not liking the season because of stuff like this like it's not fun to watch people make fun of people yeah i agree uh i will say that like the final five souk jai people i was kind of okay with like there are parts of them that i didn't love yeah. But I would have much rather seen them be the final five than Chewie Gun. Like, I, yeah, I, I, I think, think that played out a slightly differently. Exactly. I think, like, there could have been a couple twists that had, or not twists, but like changes that happened that caused a different shift for Suk Jai to take advantage instead of Chewie Gun. And it would have been a much more enjoyable season to watch. Um, in episode nine, we get videos from home, which. I just made a note that that it, remem- it reminded me of season one when we did it. And the show is just like, oh, yeah, sorry, Jenna. No video came for you. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, they do an interesting reward challenge in that episode uh, to get like a full video is the reward for that. Yeah. Um, where we've mentioned before that when they get down to eight people, they really like to do the uh, like a bracket style challenge. Um, which they did this one, but it was like competing in pairs. So they had to choose a partner and compete with them as a pair. But then Mm -hmm. at the end, that pair fought against each other, which I just thought was an interesting mechanic. Yeah. Yeah. That was cool. Um, they also, this was the first episode where they were merged. And so there was individual immunity and clay won it. And they took away the new rule they added last season, or at least they Uh never mentioned it of being able to give up immunity. Yeah, they never mentioned it the whole season, which was very disappointing to me. Yeah, I hope it comes back because I thought that could lead to some interesting things. Um, uh, The very next episode, so as much as I liked some of the challenges, they had a challenge. Now they have seven people and it was, okay, pick a partner. Oh, sorry, Jake, you didn't get a partner. You're automatically eliminated. I was like, what kind of bullshit is this? (laughs) Like, yeah, uh (laughs) that was so stupid. I did think that that whole challenge was... The, the, what they were going for was trying to do like physical stuff, but also politics. Yeah, because it also I did ended like up that. being like once they got down to three people, you had to like get over a wall with the assistance of someone else, and you couldn't do it on your own. So you had to like actively politic there. Yes, that part was, was very cool. The fact that they were just like, okay, we're just going to eliminate somebody who like doesn't get partnered up immediately was so silly. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, uh, they did bring family members to the island this season. They had to participate in a food challenge where the family members were the ones to eat the quote unquote gross foods like uh, water bugs. This one was specifically insects. They had to eat uh, insects. Well, I guess tarantulas are insects, but yeah. Right. Um, and uh, this they also was, had a I was so mad at the show because the way that it paints this is 
They come in. They are not allowed to hug their loved one or anything like that. They have to see them like kind of from afar, eat these foods. And then the one that wins gets to like spend a day with them. But all the others do not get a hug goodbye. Do not get a kiss goodbye. Just leave. I did like, before you say your next thing, I did like that in that food challenge, it was an option that nobody won. Because it was like, yes. hey, if you can't get the food down, there's just no winners, which would have been like so brutal. But uh-huh. okay, go ahead. I was just like, I would, I was picturing myself being on the island for 27 days or whatever it was at this point and being like, I think that I would rather not see my wife than like have oh, her right. come and not be able to give her a hug or like talk to her at all. Um, I was like, that is torture. And I was like, so mad at the show for doing that to them and then they do another twist where they get to come back for the immunity challenge and they actually do get to like hug them and stuff like that so then I was yeah, like, and they have, okay like, and that's they have more to com- fair they compete they have like a collaborative challenge with them which was fun yeah that was fun i liked that i think that this is something that continues i'm pretty sure that it is like a common thing that they bring loved ones on to do the challenge there's a and- season later i think that's called like blood versus water which i think is about uh-huh. like whether you make alliances with your family versus like other people or something like that yeah i've heard that that's like a really great season too so i'm excited oh yeah for that. okay um i have a note about episode 13 and how dumb everyone is they <laughs> okay they have a oh, challenge yeah. uh-huh, where uh-huh, they have uh-huh. to like gather these letters and jeff says all right you're standing on the first one and they all take off running and he's like where are you going you're standing on the first letter and they all have to come back and get it and then brian is doubly uh silly or dumb here because he realizes oh he unscrambles it road trip is the answer except he spells road wrong and so he loses and he's Jeff is of some guilt here because Jeff has like, what are you trying to spell? And he says it out loud. Ted overhears it, spells it correctly. And so Ted wins. Yeah. Which, yeah, sure. I, I can see how you would give Jeff some blame there. Brian misspelled the word road. Yeah. Like, come on now. Um, and then episode 14 is the finale episode. Um, so I will say, so we mentioned that, Brian's strategy has been basically to like create a bunch of little alliances and manipulate people the best he could. Another huge part of his strategy is that he just won a ton of challenges. Yeah. And Um, he was very, and you could see it in the challenge episode 14. They had like a very long obstacle course of sorts they went through and he like didn't rush. He was like very like slow and steady and methodical and just like took his time and did everything carefully. And like, I think that kind of, was like its own little uh you call it uh it was like a its own little like small sample of like how his strategy was for the season like he didn't make like huge plays it was just like these small little things but he stayed focused the whole time yeah um but he like he he somehow convinced everyone that he was like the leader of the camp the whole time and that like what he said goes kind of and he manipulated people into doing that and but the problem was if everybody was like okay, fine, we're all going to kick Brian out. It wouldn't have worked because he kept winning immunity. Well, so he had, that's true, but also... He had convinced he had the, them all that he was going to be in the final two with each of them, basically. That, and he had the benefit. I think Ted helped him out in that Ted was a more vocal um, person on his tribe. And so, like, he was center of the radar versus where Brian got to, like, not be the target. Yeah. Uh, uh, I was... Uh, oh, well, a few things of note. One is when it got down to the final 
three and they do the typical thing of like, let's walk past the torches of everyone. It was a huge contrast from last season where they were just basically like all openly crying because they actually like missed these people. And these assholes don't care about anybody. So like they didn't care. Yeah. Uh huh. They didn't uh, care whatsoever. Which that I was, was also, hoping. Go ahead. I was really disappointed that they, they didn't do a let's do a quiz about the jury. Yeah. That's what I was about to say. Because they would have been real bad at it, I think. Except yeah, uh-huh. Clay did. might have been okay with it. Yes, that's what we learned in the question is that like Clay actually did learn some stuff from people. Um, uh, I thought this endurance challenge, the final three challenge every season so far has been like an endurance thing of like stand in this position for as long as possible was the hardest of the ones we've seen so far. Yeah, and they only last like 20 minutes or something like that. Yeah, they did a, that one point they did a time jump and they were like it's been eight minutes and 45 seconds and i actually laughed because i was like okay usually this takes like hours and they're not showing yeah. us like eight minutes they uh, had to this, be basically in like a squat position uh for a very long time and we're not with able their to hands move whatsoever. like a weird thing with fingers pinched between or coins pinched between their fingers there was a um this is the very first time that the person who won that challenge and got to pick who they were going to go in the finals to won yeah i noted that too um, which like should happen more often, but it doesn't. Yeah. I mean, sometimes it just like, I think depending on the person, it doesn't matter who they pick. They would just like lose against both of them maybe. But like, uh, yeah, Brian, I think chose correctly, correctly here. here. Like yeah. if he picked Jan, I think Jan would have won, but I mean, clay was definitely worse. And as yeah. Jeff kind of mentions in the reunion, like it's a shock that he barely won because clay was awful. Clay actively fights with people on the jury during the jury. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Clay could have definitely answered one person's question differently and he would have won the million dollars. Agreed. Um, so a couple interesting questions that were asked from by the jury. Aaron, they give it like an opening statement and then Aaron asks, okay, like so you've told question. us why you deserve the million dollars. Why does the other person not deserve it? I thought it was like a very this, good question. I thought it was good too because it forces them to kind of like shit talk the other person and you can like really see some true colors come out maybe. Uh-huh. Um, I think in previous seasons, like if this was like Colby and Tina and they were asked that, I don't think they would have said a bad thing. I think they would have said, yeah. you know what? They Tina deserves the money too. Like I don't think Colby would have said anything bad or Tina would have said anything about uh, Colby. Yeah, I agree. Um, but I, uh, yeah. I actually, actually, this jury, though I hated Brian and Clay, I liked this jury questioning like maybe one of the most of any of them because I thought that a lot of the questions were good and partly because a lot of them were yelling at them and I hated them. So I was, it was cathartic to watch that. What do you think? So uh, was it not Ted? Who's the Ken. top? Ken. What do you think he was referring to? Do you think Brian had said like something racist about Ted? I think that he had. So for listeners, Ken asks, Hey, so we had a conversation at one point and you said you had to get Ted out of here. Can you sit, just say for everybody the reason that you gave me for that? Um, he's kind of being like a little lawyery here and is like, say for the jury, this conversation that we had previously. And Brian, Brian doesn't. says something. Brian says that it was like that they didn't feel like Ted fit with the group. And Ken is like, that's not what you told me. But basically, And he doesn't reveal. Not, yeah, he doesn't reveal. And he's like, that's between him and God, but I'm fine. Uh, which I'm like, okay, that's dumb. Uh, but not fitting with the group makes me think that it was, we need to get him out of here because he's black. Yeah, I think that's accurate. Um, but then we see Ted give his question, and his question was also great, but it was to Clay, which was, Clay, what's your definition of a racist person? 
which I thought was very, very good. And like, particularly for 2002, because I feel like that is something that we discuss a lot more openly in 2020 and 2021. Uh, obviously, you know, I'm sure that Ted discussed it much more often his whole life, but uh, generally as a culture, I don't feel like that was as openly discussed. Um, but he still doesn't get, we don't know why it very clearly is that Ted is like accusing Clay of being racist, but we don't necessarily see why that is. Well, Um, we know for Ted, it was things that Helen had told him, I think. Yes. Yeah. So Helen, Um, it's Helen told Ted after they were both voted off when they were like in their cool hotel or whatever, like things that Clay had said that were racist, um, which which is why he asks about it. Also answers a question that we've had. About if they can talk about stuff. Yeah. Yeah. People in the jury are allowed to talk about what happened after they left and stuff. They even showed two people. I can't remember who like leaned over and were whispering, whispering to each other during the question in here. Somebody like leans to Helen and like says something. Oh, I didn't catch that. I did see that they laugh like with each other a lot. Like they, uh, oh, who was it? Maybe it was when Helen was yelling at both of them. Everybody laughs like in support of her. Um, Penny yeah, does Helen, a very good picture. Oh, yeah, go ahead. P- Penny does a very good question of asking each of them, like, hey, and she strategically asks Brian first, like, I lived with you on a beach for 12 days when we merged beaches. What do you know about me? And asks, like, where she grew up and if she had any siblings and stuff. And Brian is totally unable to answer the questions. And then Clay lists, like, some several details about, like, her life and her marriage or her soon to be marriage and all sorts of stuff. And she's like, okay. I did have uh, a, I, was, I was like, oh, that is why people would vote for Clay. Okay. <laughs> I see that. Yeah. I still hate him, but like, I understand that a little bit. I did have a, I've mentioned Top Chef numerous times on this podcast because yeah. it, and it made me think of it again in this questioning because um, Brian responds that he, she's from Texas and she's like, okay, more specific. And he gets his Beaumont. And there is a character, Tiffany, on Top Chef in one season that is Contested, from Beaumont. And, not a character. Yes, contest. Well, she's quite the character. Uh, <laughs> from Beaumont, Texas, and people call her Beaumont. Uh, so Also, apparently, that's where Jan is from. Because Penny is like, mm, that's Jan, not me. Oh, maybe it's... Oh, wait, no, maybe it is too. Yeah. Yeah, it is Tiffany. Okay, yeah. She yeah, Also, according Beaumont. to Wikipedia, Jan is not from Beaumont, Texas, but is from Tampa, Florida. So... Not sure she might have like been born she... there or something and she lives in Tampa. Oh, yeah, that's true. Okay. Like for right the record, now... Penny is from Plano, Texas. Um I did like okay, so I don't know if you have more before Helen. No, go for it. So Helen just like I don't actually have anything that I noted down from her. This is just from memory, but she just like basically laid into him. Her thing went on for like what felt like like 20 minutes of her just like really laying into these guys. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because basically what happened was they told her to her face, like, okay, it's going to be Brian and Clay and it's going to be you, Helen, and we're going to vote out Jan. And it was, that was a complete lie. It was, they were going to go with Jan and they're going to vote out Helen, which is the right move on their part because Helen, I think would have won, would have beat all of them in the jury. Um, I think also Helen may have been able to win the, the final three immunity challenge. Yeah. Yeah. I think you might be right there. Um, and they also talk a little bit this is more in the reunion kind of about how like helen and jan helen like kind of tried to team up with jan here but jan was like so clueless about the game strategy that like i don't know nothing happened yeah um yeah she brian is like i did it out of anger and i felt like you were betraying me with ted and helen like 
keeps questioning him on that and is like, I was never planning on betraying you. I would have told you if I was going to do that because we agreed that we would tell each other if we were turning and or if we were changing our minds and you didn't tell me. Uh, well, do you have do you have noted what because she absolutely hated like she was so bad, like so harsh on Brian during the questioning. But then you, voted for him. Right. But do you have written down what what did she ask Clay? Um it was something like name, it, name three instances of oh. when you have done physical labor to help the tribe because <laughs> yeah. she felt like clay was super uh lazy yeah she was like yeah name three times that you helped and he was like uh i did stuff and she's like more specific and he's like you're not going to be happy with my answer so like i'm not even going to give you anymore <laughs> yeah uh-huh like that was the spot he refuses if, if he, to answer if he had answered that question well he might have got her vote Although we do see, I don't think so. I think Helen wouldn't have voted. I think you're right because when we go see her actually vote, despite how much she like laid into Brian when she made her vote, it was one of those like she hates Brian but respects the gameplay kind of things. And she also said like that like my issue with Brian is between me and him. He actually did better. That this was a weird season where like in the past they've talked about respecting the gameplay and respecting strategy and like that. And this time it was a lot less of that and a lot more of like respecting helping around camp and like not as like a you need to help me survive or whatever but in like a in the jury vote brian got some votes because he was more helpful around camp which like is not something that we've seen i don't think i was really surprised though because like that's a huge like factor is their survival and like i think that's sometimes something that gets overlooked and i hope that like sticks around a little bit more yeah i i agree with that um yeah and then the vote it's a 4-3 vote uh brian wins um yeah uh-huh they do a reunion i liked that the reunion was with jeff i do time. too i hope that I stays hope. too yeah i agree because um, he knows all the people he's so he's like knows everything that happened for like questioning he's also good at like probing them like he was asking him stuff and they were still kind of giving like these political answers that were like hemming and hauling and he was like listen the game's over like answer me straight up we don't have all day like just answer the question and i think i think we saw a little bit more from that earlier in the season from jeff too like i think he's kind of coming into his sea legs here and like getting a little bit more comfortable with this um he did that that early in the season when clay had voted for gandia by calling her denver diva jeff is like all right enough with the name like the nicknames like in the future let's place a real vote Right. Like I, I like seeing like stern Jeff. Like he's Which that like was teacher Jeff. We didn't talk about that when it happened, but that was interesting because he was like, I don't know who this is, who's gonna fess up to this vote. And Clay is like, I wrote it, it was for Gandia, which is like maybe the first time that we've ever seen someone we like have hundred percent known. Vote. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean Jeff definitely knew who the vote was for, but I did like that they made him call him out. Right. Um I also like that Jeff like is obviously very invested and knew what had happened the whole time and like had his own questions of like, how the hell did this happen? Yeah. And mm-hmm. like, yeah. Um, now I also like that they I didn't, point... oh, go, ahead. go ahead. I was going to say, I liked that they didn't spend that much time on the non-jury members. Like they were there and they asked them a couple things, but it was mostly focused on like the people we'd spent more time with. Yeah, which I agree. With I feel that. like some of the past reunions, especially like season two, I feel like they spent forever talking about like Ken, and jerry or something and rather than like the people that made it to the final five or six yeah um granted jeff does some pretty gross stuff too of like uh 
saying that he expected Stephanie was going to be more fun because she had like a really sexy video to send in for her thing. And that was all pretty gross. And he asks Aaron how like she overcame being like the hot girl on Survivor. And she she gives like a very sad, unfortunate answer of saying that like after like day three or four, she basically wasn't in her bikini top anymore because she knew it would cause her to be viewed differently and people would like play differently uh like strategize against her or treat her differently because of that um which just like sucks it does suck but i think what sucks maybe even more is that she's like and so i really wanted to be not just like the girl with big boobs but also this like really good strategist and i think i accomplished that and like i think people view me as a good strategist and not just the girl with big boobs and jeff is like or maybe both and i'm like fuck off jeff yeah no uh i was just like yeah who that would not be allowed in well i don't know we're gonna see i don't think uh we'll see next week one of our guests is burning that article talking about like kind of sexism throughout survivor and how some of that has not gone away so we'll see what they have to say um i'm trying to look uh i think we actually covered basically all the stuff i hadn't about yeah we ended up going a lot much faster through the second half of the season but it was just less fun to watch the second half of the season because they all suck. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're, the show, I'm excited for season six a lot because the show really upped their challenges a lot. They had lots more like set pieces of just like all these different floating platforms and different cool things with their challenges um, that I think deals with. They had a bigger budget to like set stuff up. Um, so I'm hoping we see more of that in season six, but with people that we actually like watching. Uh, they decided to bring food back and gave tons of food prizes, which are just like people get happy eating food. And so it's fun to watch happy people. So it's just, just yeah. more enjoyable. I don't general. think that they got food from the beginning. I think it was just from rewards. I think you're right. There was at one point I had a note for this where they started eating like noodles. Where did those come from? Oh, that's a good point. I don't know. They also, okay. the, I thought so, I missed something. Like I wrote, where are they getting these noodles from? This was in like episode nine. And I don't know if it was just like extra stuff or they were like, it was actually not noodle noodles. It was like they cut coconuts in a different way to make it look like new. I don't know. No, I think they were like actually noodles. I'm not sure where those came from. Uh, they did. We didn't mention this, but there was a there was a monkey around camp that kept breaking into their food and stealing their food, which was fun. They did a bad job felt- of like blocking their resources from nature, um, like yeah, by losing their boat and losing their food to monkeys multiple times. I do think the monkeys were macaques, I think is what that monkey was. You don't need to tell me about your... Yeah. Uh- <laughs> Specifically, maybe a crab-eating macaque, I think, is the type I was looking at. Um, yeah, that was something regarding their survival skills that was a huge point of discord in Sukjai early in the season where like most of the people were focused on building shelter, and they got very upset with Stephanie and... Jed. Jed, because they were like, no, we need to get food and water. And they were like, no, we need a shelter. And so they all hated Stephanie and Jed, even though they are the ones getting food and water. And I'm like, uh, seems like both these things are pretty important here. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there was more to that story that we did not really get to see. Cause I was like, I, I don't know why we can't all agree on this. And I think it was partly just cause they were all competitive. I think yeah. once Suk Jai got down to like five people, then they, those people actually like got along together and figured their shit out a little bit more. But yeah, kind of. Really four, because Sheehan was their fifth person. Yeah, that's true. Um, I do. I would not be surprised if we saw multiple people from this season return in future 
I'm pretty sure that it's just Sheehan. Um, okay. Just on the Wikipedia page mentions that she comes back. Okay. Okay. So, uh, so thanks for listening in on our kind of deep dive in season five. Next week, we are going to have two of our friends, Jake and Karen on to also discuss season five. They've watched much more Survivor than we have. Uh, but they will give us some insights as to what they their opinions of season five, and maybe they'll be able to tell us how it relates to maybe some future seasons we have not seen. Um, that one will be less maybe uh, details of like what happened in the season and more just like general thoughts and ideas about the season. Uh, yeah, and then the week after that, we should be starting in on season six, which is the Amazon. Uh, and so for this week of Tribal Council, is if you have any questions for us or anything, feel free to contact us at tribalcouncilpodcast at gmail.com or at tribalcouncil20 on Twitter. Signing off. This is Patrick. And the tribe has spoken. Oh